Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? I'm fresh off the plane. Today is Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, streaming live on the Black Star Network. Uh, It is confirmed that the leaked draft of Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito's opinion on abortion is real and reveals the U.S. Supreme Court may overturn Roe v. Wade and allow states 
to ban abortion. We'll break that down as, as it relates to what does it mean for our audience and for the country as well. Folks with the Supreme Court opinion leak, Reverend William Barber and one of the leaders from West Virginia's Poor, Poor, Poor People Campaign will be here to talk about the importance of voting as they are getting ready for next month's moral march on Washington and to the polls. Georgia seats a grand jury to investigate Donald Trump's role in the big lie of 2020. And for the second time, the New York governor appoints a lieutenant governor, chooses a person of color from Congress. A white Florida man is facing federal hate crime charges for trying to run a black man off of the road. And the Russian detention of Brittany Griner is upgraded to wrongfully detain. We'll take a look at what that means. And in our Marketplace segment, she is the first uh, female athlete to own a sneaker company out of Atlanta. We'll talk about that. Folks, it's time to bring the funk. Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go. disturbing morning for America. Last night, a report disclosed that a conservative majority of the United States Supreme Court is ready to overturn Roe v. Wade and uproot decades of precedent affirming a woman's right to an abortion. If this report is accurate, the Supreme Court is poised to inflict the greatest restriction of rights in the past 50 years not just on women, but on all Americans. Under this decision, our children will have less rights than their parents. And that was Senator Chuck Schumer, the Democratic majority leader, speaking today on the Senate floor with regards to Politico's publishing of the leaked draft of Justice Samuel Alito's opinion that will effectively overturn Roe v. Wade um, in a stunning breach of court confidentiality. Uh, Politico says the draft has circulated since early February. Here's an excerpt of that opinion. It says that we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly uh, rally, uh, rely on. That is the due process clause of the 14th Amendment. That provision has been held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution, but any such right must be deeply rooted in the nation's history and tradition and implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. The right to abortion does not fall within this category until the latter part of the 20th century. Such a right was entirely unknown in American law. Indeed, when the 14th Amendment was adopted, 
Three quarters of the states made abortion a crime at all stages of pregnancy. The abortion right is also critically different from any other right at, that this court has held to fall within the 14th Amendment's protection of liberty. Rose defenders characterize the abortion right as similar to the rights recognized in past decisions involving matters such as intimate sexual relations, contraception, and marriage. But abortion is fundamentally different, as both Roe and Casey acknowledge, because it destroys what those decisions call fetal life and what the law now before us describes as an unborn human being. Now, folks, remember, this is a draft of the Supreme Court uh, could very well change perspective based upon the judge's view. Now, Chief Justice John Roberts issued this statement on behalf of the court where he says, although, although the document described in yesterday's report is authentic, it does not represent a decision by the court on the final position of any member on the issues in this case. Now, so again, this, of course, remember the Supreme Court heard a challenge to the Mississippi abortion case, uh, bill as well as the Texas bill. And so as a result of that decision, um, they, they heard the arguments. Uh, this draft supposedly came, uh, out, came out of their discussion in February. So let me be clear. The Supreme Court has not actually issued a ruling specific to the issue of Roe v. Wade. But what we do know is that there are five hard-right conservatives on the Supreme Court who absolutely want to overturn Roe v. Wade. It is expected by many that Chief Justice John Roberts will be siding with the liberal jurist. This has not stopped many people from discussing this, including President Joe Biden. The idea that it concerns me a great deal that we're going to, after 50 years, decide a woman does not have a right to choose within the limits of a Supreme Court decision in Casey, number one. But even more, equally as profound, is the rationale used. Right. And right. it would mean that every other decision relating to the notion of privacy is thrown into question. I, I, I realize this goes back a long way, but one of the debates I had with Robert Bork was whether whether uh, um, Griswold versus Connecticut should stand as law. The state of Connecticut said that the privacy of your bedroom, you, a husband and wife or a couple could not choose to use contraception. To use a contraception was a violation of the law. If the rationale of the decision as released were to be sustained, a whole range of rights are in question. A whole range of rights. And the idea we're letting the states make those decisions, localities make those decisions, would be a fundamental shift in what we've done. So it goes far beyond, in my view, if it becomes a law and if what is written is what remains. It goes far beyond the concern of whether or not there is the right to choose. It goes to other basic rights, the right to marry, the right to determine a whole range of things. Because one of the issues that this court, many of the members of the court, a number of the members of the court, have not acknowledged is that there is a right to privacy in our Constitution. 
I strongly believe there is. I think the decision in Griswold was, was correct overruling. I think the decision in Roe was correct because there's the right to privacy. There can be limitations on it, but it cannot be denied. Vice President Kamala Harris released this statement. The United States Supreme Court has now confirmed that the draft opinion that would overturn Roe v. Wade is genuine. Roe ensures the woman's right to choose to have an abortion and also at its root protects the fundamental right to privacy. What is clear is that opponents of Roe want to punish women and take away their rights to make decisions about their own bodies. Republican legislators in states across the country are weaponizing the use of the law against women. All right, let's, uh, she continues, the rights of all Americans are at risk. If the right to privacy is weakened, every person could face a future in which the government can potentially interfere in the personal decisions you make about your life. This is the time to fight for women and for our country with everything we have. Now, folks, uh, understand that Republican legislators across the country are passing bills, not just simply saying uh, no abortion. There are literally no rape or incest um, uh, exclusions. I mean, th that's what's happening right now. So let's break this thing down. Joining us now is Candace Kelly, a legal analyst, uh, Elisa Spitzer, policy analyst for the Women's Initiative at the Center for American Progress, and uh, EFA Metzger, the director of state media campaigns for Planned Parenthood Federation of America, uh, and of course, uh, our panel, Teresa Lundy, T-Mail Communications, Mustafa Santiago Ali, uh, of course, formerly with the EPA. All right, so let's 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 let's, let's get to this. Um, first, Candace, I'm not wasting my time with the ridiculous leak conversation because mm. the initial Roe v. Wade decision was also leaked. So that's that's look, leaks happen every single day. Okay, I cover. I've, I've had stuff leaked to me covering city council, covering county government. So leaks happen on every level of government. If people want to sit here and go down that stupid path or have an investigation, <laughs> somebody go to jail, that to me is a complete waste of time. Okay, so to me, it's utterly relevant. But the thing that does jump out at me here, Candace, and I've, wa I've watched all these people go back and forth. Oh, it was a, it was a, it was a, uh, uh, it was a, it was a liberal clerk who released it. It was, uh, it was a, you know, it's like I, all this sort of stuff. But you can also make the argument that you have, you could have a conservative clerk, clerk or someone, could be Jenny Thomas that released it, to ensure <laughs> that the other Supreme Court justices don't, wa don't wallow, don't go back and forth, and they stand firm on it. But the bottom line here is they're making the argument, oh, you know what, federal government, get out of this. We're sending this back to the states. And we're talking about potentially half of all states in America that could well place complete restrictions uh, on abortion. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that Chief Justice Roberts already said that this was an authenticated official release. Like you said, it could have been either side. The conservative might have, might have done it because of the fact that they just want the world to know that this is what's going on in the minds of the Supreme Court justices. And if you are a state, 
get ready, put pen to paper to make the law, because once the Supreme Court's justices make this decision, if it goes in the way that it will, even if it's a 5-4 decision, then Roe v. Wade is overturned and the states get to work. In fact, this is going to trigger 22 states automatically where their own abortion laws will go into practice. This is something that Trump has been working on for years. And understand that he has over 200 judges that he's already appointed on the federal level that will crime the ranks for years to come after these Supreme Court justices in order to fill those holes. This is all a strategy on everybody's part, whether it's a liberal who actually designed it to, to make sure that everybody saw this, whether it's a conservative, everybody has their chess players moving in the way that they want, their chess pieces. And so this is what we're seeing. As you said, this happened during Roe v. Wade in terms of it, uh, in terms of it coming out and being leaked. That's not the issue. The issue is what's going to happen to women's rights. What's going to happen is that women who can't afford it are going to have to waste time by giving up days on their job, crossing state lines where there are abortions, and not even having the money in order to do it. As we know, Amazon's, Amazon and other companies have already put up money up to $4,000 in order for women to now get abortions. We're going to see a lot of that taking place in order for women to get abortions. If not, Women are going to continue to die like they have been. The fact that Roe v. Wade will actually stop abortions is a myth. It's not going away. It's just that women are going to go to, through ex more extremes in order to get an abortion. And that means death in many cases because these abortions are illegal and unsafe, Roland. Um, Elisa, this is what, um, what, what really also jumps out at me here. Um, and, and that is, when you examine these laws, um, what you're looking at, as, as I said earlier, no exceptions for rape or incest. I mean, you, you literally have an Ohio Republican, a woman saying, oh, if you actually suffer the emotional scars from an abortion, excuse me, the emotional scars of being raped by someone, being the victim of incest, it's okay, but you just don't have, the, you, you must have that child. It'll be okay. You'll, you'll get over it. That essentially is what this Republican female, female um, legislator is saying in Ohio. It's callous. It's horrific. It shouldn't be the case. And you know, this decision, draft opinion, I should say, um, foretells some pretty scary things ahead. Um, I think it's really, really important to remind your viewers, as you did at the top, that abortion is presently still legal. This is a draft opinion. It is not the law of the land. And so if someone needs care now, they can seek care now. But it is true that people who need abortions are not going to be able to access them legally and safely without enormous expense, um, complications with childcare, taking time off of work. And if you can't do that, you're forced to carry a pregnancy to term. And, you know, heaven forbid that be from a rape um, in international law that is recognized as illegal. <laughs> you can't, like, there's access to abortion for a reason in that context. And um, it's pretty scary stuff. Um, Ianthe, now, and I do not mean uh, to be dismissive uh, 
with this, but I've seen all this reaction. And I'm, I'm trying to understand why any progressive or Democrat would be shocked. This is precisely what Republicans have been planning and plotting. This is precisely why they held up the Merrick Garland appointment by President Obama. This is precisely why Mitch McConnell blocked 100 federal judges in the last two years of, Obama, of Obama's tenure to provide the nearly more than 200 that Donald Trump actually appointed. This has been their goal for the last 50 years. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think Democrats and progressives and liberals screwed up in that they did not fully understand or comprehend what it means for a 6-3 or even 5-4 conservative Supreme Court overturning precedent, overturning cases. That, to me, is what people had better be paying attention to. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. This is the culmination of a decades-long effort and a national coordinated attempt to ban abortion and get Roe overturned, and that's what we're seeing right now. And, I mean, I will say, um, despite that, it's it's no less devastating to read in black and white what we've known was coming for a long time. Um, but, you know, if anything, I hope that this wakes people up, because we saw in polling months ago that only a third of the American public believed that Roe could actually be overturned. Like, people did not believe us when we've been screaming from the rooftops about this. So hopefully now that they've read this draft opinion, that they see the reaction, they, they know, like, oh, wait, my rights really are at risk. This is, this is a fight that everybody should be involved in. It's at everybody's doorstep. And this is not hypothetical anymore. This is happening right now. Um, so I just hope that people wake up and realize that, finally, because we've been saying it for years. Yeah, and, 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 and that, that's the thing that, you know, for, for, for me, Candace, that is, is, is abundantly clear, uh, <clears throat> that they've been real clear. And, and, and I think when you start going back and you look at these Democrats and progressives, oh, no, I, I, they, who, what was it Susan Sarandon who said, um, well, maybe if Trump becomes president, that will wake us up? Hmm. <laughs> he got, Are we awake yet? He got three <laughs> Supreme Court picks. All these people who said, oh, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, they're the same. Also, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg resisting efforts to step down early to ensure that she got replaced by a liberal justice. She dies a month, uh, what, a couple of months before the election. A month, that frees up that position. Conservatives fill it. I mean, this, this is, these are people who have been playing the long game for a long time. Roland, not only was the writing on the wall, it was a whole dissertation. We saw this coming. And like you said, people did not take it seriously. But now looking at its implications, when we talk about rights that may not be enumerated in the Constitution, which is what this first draft said by Justice Alito, that these really aren't rights that are enumerated. Well, neither is privacy, neither is libel. So if you're saying that these aren't enumerated, what does this mean for same-sex marriage? What does this mean for people being able to have the type of sex that they want to in their own homes? All of these have been decisions that have come before the Supreme Court. So when we talk about precedent, everything is at stake, because now this becomes precedent 
for other cases to come. So while we've been, you know, screaming from, from the rooftops, as your panelists said, about what's been going on, now people will finally pay attention. It's not just about abortion. It's about this being a precedent case for other cases to come. Uh, and, and, Alicia, that, that really is the situation. Uh, do you believe that with this draft, this draft um, report, and the Supreme Court is going to come out with the actual opinion, many expected to take place in June, that this may very well be the wake-up call that is going to get progressives and liberals to understand they are about power. This is not a game. This is not uh, a board game. This is not uh, for shits and giggles. No, no, they are trying to completely lock down power for the next 50 to 100 years. Will this be the wake-up call for people? I've got to hope so, is all I can say. Um, you never know. You think the Trump years might have been, but this is, this is something that will touch many, many people in very intimate ways. And um, if this doesn't resonate, then I'm not sure what would. The, the thing that I look at, Ionte, 53% of white women voted for Donald Trump. Hmm. That first time, second time. So when people say, oh, my goodness, the suburban women are going to revolt, uh, I'm not sure. Hmm. So the question is, who does this really impact the most? once the Supreme Court makes its actual uh, determination official. Yeah, so, no, I mean, we know the... Oh, I'm sorry, I thought... Um, go for it. But yes, we know that um, black, brown, and indigenous communities will be harmed the most by um, these abortion bans, by abortion restrictions that are put in, in place. That's happening right now. Um, and we know that that, that is... That's the case for a number of reasons, you know, whether you want to point to systemic racism, when you, whether you want to point to um, them being less likely to, to be able to take time off work and secure the childcare necessary to go out of state or go to an abortion um, to get their abortion appointment. Um, there are a number of reasons. Um, but it's also important to remember that, you know, 80 percent of Americans want Roe to remain the law of the land. Um, and we need to turn those people out. We need to make sure that in November, politicians who did this and allowed these justices to, to be on the court um, that, that they are heard, that, that we make ourselves, our voices heard loud and clear at the ballot box. Because I do hope that, you know, this is the moment that people realize what is at stake and how we got to this point, and that the only way um, is really electorally, in many cases, for us to, to change the makeup of, of our legislatures, of Congress, um, to make sure that we can have our freedoms protected. Uh, Alisa, I think you were about to make a comment as well. Um, just to agree that the communities who will be most impacted by this are probably not the suburban white women in sort of northern states or along the coasts. It will be people in the South, in the Midwest, people who are earning less than a dollar to what a white man earns and therefore have fewer savings. Um, you know, it's all interconnected, but these this will be felt by many, many people, but not equally. Uh, all right, then. Uh, first of all, um, Elise and Yante, I certainly appreciate both of you actually being with us. Candace, you're sticking around with us as well. So I want to thank both of you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm going to pull in Teresa Lundy here. Teresa, I want you to just weigh in on this as well. Because, again, there's been you know, you know, so much conversation about it. There were people last night 
who showed up at the Supreme Court were protesting. Uh, mm -hmm. Today, Senator Elizabeth Warren actually went out there and addressed them as well. Uh, there, are, there are people who are, who are shocked and stunned. Uh, and, um, but again, this is, this, this is what the right has been focused on. This, this, is, this comes as no shock to anybody who pays attention to politics. Yeah, so it's, it, you know, it's a bit interesting, uh, the disparity that's happening, you know, outside of, you know, if those people just don't understand what the abortions, right, or what Roe versus Wade uh, actually is, they should understand that, you know, civil rights is on the table. They should understand women's rights are on the table. Um, and if this is able to happen, this issue is being able to be overturned um, in, in, uh, in the U.S., other things are going to be overturned um, and, and or looked at because the long game from the Republicans uh, standpoint, they have been doing it since the beginning. Um, I think Donald Trump and the rest of the Republican Party has been making it very clear what the agenda was and how it was being set and what narrow messages and what disinformation and misinformation has been uh, taking place. So far, um, you know, uh, either if Trump was in office or was he just um, part of the pawn of the overall plan and the strategy on the board. And so what we're seeing right now is this, you know, um, not only just the despair of how this will um, affect black and brown communities. I mean, you know, outside of knowing that um, in neighborhoods of color, we have abortion clinics and, and health care services. And in, in suburban areas, you have fertility clinics um, and, 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 and uh, individual personal doctors. So that balance, again, um, I think will also have a shift and a consequence that we'll see down the line. Mustafa, politics, politics, politics. Uh, and, you know, when I listen to these people who say, you know, we, we just thought that this was, this was precedent. I mean, you've got Senator Susan Collins just, just sitting here now, oh, you know, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, you know, they're, they're, this is different than what they told me in my office. <laughs> you actually believe them, idiot? Mm -hmm. Now you look like the fool. Well, you, you know, Senator Collins is trying to hold on to her seat, so let's just be clear about the dynamic. No, no, she's fine. She wanted 2020. She won a six-year term. Yeah, but she still... You know, so here's the dynamic that's going on right now. Re reproductive rights are civil rights. You know, reproductive rights are also human rights. We know that black women are three times more likely to die. The American Medical Association has shared that with us, you know, in relationship to pregnancy and childbirth. So when we began to do these types of things that may end up passing and, you know, and becoming uh, the law of the land, if you will, then we know that it's our communities who are going to be the ones that are disproportionately impacted. When Senator Collins talks about the conversations that she had in her office, then she should have been very clear in asking them, will you overturn this? Because lots of times people will sidestep it. So if you look at when both Justice Alito, Gorsh, Kavanaugh, uh, and Coney Barrett, when they were asked these questions, they would always, you know, they would say, you know, the precedent is out there, but they would never say that they would not overturn it. Um, and because of that, they felt that they had the wiggle room that was necessary to be able to do the actions that they're doing in this moment. So, you know, we have been talking about, since you launched this show, about how important it is for folks to understand the power of their vote and also translating that into the appointments that would happen uh, in relationship to judicial positions. 
Um, and continually, folks on the Democratic side of the ticket don't take that serious. They don't understand how powerful their vote is and to make sure they're utilizing in a way that is better going to protect their lives, and especially protecting the lives of black and brown folks. Um, so we, we find ourselves in this moment because of a number of different dynamics, but we just have to understand that when we have the opportunity to vote, then we have to make sure that everybody who says they're a part of this coalition uh, that supports uh, women's right to choose that we're actually showing up. Mm -hmm. Candace, um, do, do, do you think that this will serve um, uh, as uh, a major, a major uh, GOTV um, uh, effort, if you will, for November? Do you think it's going to have an impact? Oh, absolutely. People are riled up. That's why people are out there on the steps of the Supreme Court right now. This, when it comes to the midterm elections, is going to be very, very important because conservatives vote by the issue. They vote about gun rights. They vote about uh, abortion rights. They, they vote about rights that are very important to them. And, of course, they vote along their party lines. This is revving up all bases, not just the Republican base. It's revving up everybody to really understand, like the other panelists just said, what it means to be in a democracy, and what happens behind closed doors. And we already know with Katanji Brown-Jackson that when she spoke to all the different senators and made her rounds, there was really confidence that she felt. Even the senators expressed confidence in her, but then they voted along party lines. So we know that what goes on is what's said behind closed doors doesn't mean anything. It's just a, a, a great civic lesson for people to understand where they fit into the process, to understand that their vote really does count and they have to get to the polls or now call their representatives to say, we want this to happen instead of that. I voted for you and this is the power I have because this needs to stop. You can't stop somebody from getting an abortion unless they're... Um, their lives are in jeopardy, whether it's rape or incest, if that's off the table, that's ridiculous. That makes absolutely no sense, and that just shows the male-dominated society that we are in that are making the laws that women have to follow. It makes no sense, and a lot of lives are going to be lost because of it. It's going to get people to the polls. Don't you find it interesting, Teresa, that the very people who were whining and bitching and moaning about mask mandates have no problem with telling women, here's a mandate hmm. on your body? It's very interesting. You know, um, as, you know, um, Candace just indicated, it is um, absolutely a talking point for GOTV right now. You know, um, states are ultimately going to have to make the decision. Governors are going to have to make the decision um, on what they want to do in their particular state about um, Roe versus Wade, about a woman's right to choose, or about civil rights. Um, I think, you know, because I'm in Pennsylvania, you know, we have a House and Senate that is ruled by Republicans. And honestly, the this is not only a race to watch for the U.S. Senate seat, Pat Toomey, but this is also a race to watch for the governor's seat, um, because we've had for two terms a Democratic governor that has, you know, had his own trials and tribulations dealing with a House and um, uh, House and Senate that is Republican-led. And so who knows how the decision will actually affect Pennsylvania. But when we kind of, you know, even think back to some of the situations, you know, when we had even this, the mass mandate just to keep people alive. 
and mm-hmm. and how we you know did a, a whole and we as in the federal government had a whole rollout of you know how to stay alive how to you know um wear masks at, at work wear masks at school and the outcry of you know almost impeaching some of the folks who are making the decisions it's it, it's incredibly interesting how the message has been um has has really made the case here I think the message and communication has made the case for Republicans. I think they're um, about to make the case again unless Democrats actually use their voice, use their power, and keep pushing the the, the fuel to the fire. And all these, you know, individuals who who say they care about women, who ca- say they care and and financially support some of these organizations, can no longer stand in the back. They have to come out front, and they have to do it now. All right, folks, hold tight one second. I've got to go to a break. Uh, we come back. We'll talk the moral march on Washington taking place in June. Uh, we'll discuss that and so much more, folks. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Don't forget to download our app. Uh, we want to get uh, 50,000 downloads, uh, folks. Uh, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. And, of course, you can join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar you give goes to support this show. Cash, check our money orders to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. We'll be right back. On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, Financial Literacy. Without it, wealth is just a pipe dream. And yet, half of our schools in this country don't even teach it to our kids. You're going to hear from a woman who's determined to change all that, not only here, but around the world. World of Money is the leading provider of immersive financial education for children ages 7 to 18. We provide 120 online and classroom hours of financial education. That's right here on Get Wealthy on Black Star Network. This week on The Black Table with me, Greg Carr. Reparations, is it finally time? Two of the country's foremost authorities on the subject will join me to try to answer that very question. A powerful installment of The Black Table with me, Greg Carr, right here, only on the Black Star Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Israel Houghton with Israel and New Breed. Hi, I'm Carl Payne. Hey, everybody, this is Sherry Shepard. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered, and while he's doing Unfiltered, I'm practicing the wobble. Yes, I am. Because Roland Martin's the one, he will do it backwards, he will do it on the side. He messes everybody up when he gets into the wobble, because he doesn't know how to do it, so he does it backwards. And it just messes me up every single time. So, I'm working on it. I got it. You got Roland Martin. <laughs> It's been a week since 30-year-old D'Angelo Deshaun Harris was last seen in Los Angeles. D'Angelo is 5 feet 8 inches tall, weighs 230 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. Anyone with information about D'Angelo Deshaun Harris should call the Los Angeles Police Department. Missing Persons Unit, 213-996-1800, 213-996-1800. New York has a new lieutenant governor, folks. Congressman Antonio Delgado will be Governor Kathy Hochul's second appointment to the position. She announced the news today on Twitter. She tweeted out, I am proud to announce I am appointing Congressman Antonio Delgado, an outstanding leader and public servant as Lieutenant Governor of New York. I look forward to working with him to usher in a new era of fairness, equity, and prosperity for communities across the state. Delgado's appointment comes after Brian Benjamin's resignation after he was arrested on federal corruption charges stemming from campaign finance violations. Let's go to Florida, where a white Florida man faces two federal hate crimes for attempt charges for attempting to run a black man off the road. Jordan Patrick Le Learley was driving drunk when he sideswiped 
a black man's vehicle. He gave the Nazi sign out of the window and pretended to shoot at the car. He then approached the man and punched him while his girlfriend and daughter were in the car. Lear told police that they needed to control black people. And he had intentions of committing a mass shooting. If convicted, he faces 10 years in prison and, of course, uh, and three years of supervised uh, release as well, plus pay fine of up to $250,000. You know, the, the thing, we, we, we talk about these cases, we talk about these cases here, um, uh, Mustafa, and they are happening, and luckily we have an aggressive Department of Justice Civil Rights Division who's going after them. But for the people who say, oh, this is no big deal, no. The FBI made it clear the greatest threat in this country is white domestic terrorism. Yeah, and we know that hate crimes are continuing to increase year after year after year. So we have to take this really serious. So one, we got to make sure that, that folks are brought to justice. We got to make sure that they spend significant uh, periods of time in jail. But we also got to educate folks on, on what's really going on so that they can better <clears throat> make sure that they are protecting themselves and their families uh, and, and understanding that this is not a game. There are folks who are out there who literally uh, would like to see black and brown people, you know, disappear. Um, and they will play a role in it if they could get away with it. So, you know, we just need to be very clear with folks. And we also need to support the Department of Justice, whom we call to task when they're not doing the right thing. Um, hmm. But when they are, then, you know, we need right. to uplift and that. I mean, I, I'm telling Teresa, I mean, you know, this, this idea that, oh, my goodness, y'all are just overstating. No, black folks are not overstating. We see what's going on here with these white domestic terrorists. Yeah, and it's it's more so a consistent, um, unfortunately, it's a consistent uh, thing that is happening in communities of color every day with those that are in power. And so, you know, Musafa was absolutely right, you know, identifying, you know, some of the issues that is happening and saying, congrats, Justice Department, now let's do more, is, is just the first step into making sure change and reform actually takes place. Some of it really has to do with some of the funding that is taking place and how it's being disseminated. And is it going to the right programs? Are we changing the leadership that is allowing these mishaps or issues to happen? Or are we keeping the same individuals in place and allowing the consistencies to happen with black and brown communities? And so if we're not taking a hard look at not only our leadership, but the funding and the budget, then I think that's um, how we also miss the ball on, you know, um, changing, you know, this, this whole conversation um, right now. Well, that's why we constantly say uh, voting matters, Candace. And, mm. and again, luckily we're seeing a very aggressive a DOJ civil rights division led by Kristen Clark. Exactly. And not only is she uh, awakening kind of the, the education, like one panelist said, of a lot of people in terms of, uh, you know, black folks, but white folks too. Black people need to understand that when they are accosted by someone or if they feel that something is wrong, I mean, someone pretending that they are shooting a gun on you, that is a problem. So you have to go that step and do something about it. You have to file the lawsuit. You have to contact the right people in order to make sure that all these cases build up because these cases mean something 
which is why the D Department of Justice is doing something. For white people who are not taking this seriously, they should know that what happened in the Ahmaud Arbery case is happening in other cases, too. You can go down for federal hate crimes. I'm not sure why, you know, somebody would think that they could get away with it. I think, Roland, they, they just don't care or they think they can get away with it. But these cases, as they build, and the more people are educated on both sides, then hopefully the less this will happen. But, but people have to understand on both sides how federal hate crimes play out, because these aren't crimes that we've seen being prosecuted, uh, you know, 10 years ago. This is something that the DOJ is really doing right now, and I think that it will ultimately make a difference, but people have to educate themselves. Speaking of getting away with it, folks, uh, Georgia has a grand jury for an investigation into the 2020 elections out of 200 uh, folks who showed up as George, 26 were selected including three alternates. Now, the center of the probe focuses on Donald Trump and his big lie, text messages, as well as a phone call <coughs> between Trump and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger as Trump pushed to reverse the outcome of Georgia's election. You might remember he said, look, man, go find 11,000 votes. Happened to be the margin he was losing. The investigation has been underway since early last year. To help it along, Fulton County DA Fannie Willis requested a special grand jury with subpoena power to obtain testimony from people who've refused to cooperate otherwise. The special grand jury will be seated for about a year. Okay, so let's, let's, let's unpack this. Um, so, Candace, what you have here, I mean, they literally have audio tapes of mm. Donald Trump saying, go find these, these 11,000 votes. <laughs> mm -hmm. They've got it, and they're going to hear it. And that's what's key here for this special uh, grand jury that has been assembled that you said is going to take a year to get to the bottom of this, but they're going to be able to make recommendations for another grand jury in order to be assembled, and then the, indictment will, the indictments will happen. There are about 100 things that Trump could go down for in terms of criminal charges. In New York City, we see that things are a standstill, um, at a standstill when it comes to his financial record and him saying that his buildings were worth more than, than they really were. That's come to a bit of a halt. This is really what he's thinking about today. How was this going to come out for him? Not only we're we yeah. looking at charges of him messing with a federal election, but we're also looking at racketeering charges. Think about R. Kelly. It happens in kind of a, a, a nuanced way, but if you have someone that is organizing criminal acts across state lines, that's what they call racketeering. That's what took R. Kelly down, and that is really big in terms of what could take Trump down, crossing state lines and doing all of these things, assembling all of these different people. And they don't have to conspire about it. It just has to happen. And that's why this is one of the strongest cases that is out there against Trump in terms of criminal charges. So far, it has the most stickiness uh, and is the most viable. Uh, and the bottom line here is they've got receipts, Teresa. You got text messages, you got phone calls. And for all these folks, okay, if they call you. Now, so, first of all, actually, before I go to Teresa, Candace, can somebody invoke the Fifth Amendment? Before a grand jury? 
They they can, but uh, it would suit them not to because grand juries are juries that uh, are, are protected and we're not supposed to hear anything about what's on the record. So they should feel safe in doing so. Um, but they can. Got it. Teresa, your, your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is going to be a very interesting time. I'm excited to see uh, this special committee. Um, Georgia has uh, proven to, you know, be very... Uh, affluent, not only in their votes, but um, they look like I, I'm hoping that the selection committee is one that is ready for the testimony, ready to make those calls to individuals to, to ask them intense questions, to ask them, hey, what did you mean by this? Um, did the advisors, you know, when Trump, you know, gave his announcement, hey, I need to find 11,000 votes, how did they act on it? And I think that is probably going to be the, the twist here on the action, the action of the advisors. No longer does he have a press secretary to say, oh, this is what he meant and this is, you know, what was desired. No, the facts are real. And the realness of it hopefully will come into um, some charges um, in this case. Uh, and he can't invoke executive privilege here, Mustafa. He's got, if he gets called, he has to testify. This is true, and, and based upon the you know the evidence that we know that's out there right now, it is a strong case. But let's not forget that uh, even though there wasn't a legal proceeding before, we've seen Trump on video or on audio tape before, and folks were just like, ah, that's just Trump. Now this is a different situation, of course. But I also worry that the time that this may take may lead up to when he may be running for president again, um, and even though he will still have to testify. You know, depending on how long this gets played out, folks could say, well, we don't want to interfere with the 2024 election. Um, so mm. we should just be mindful of all these different dynamics that we often will say, well, that won't happen, or there's no way that that could possibly uh, play out like that. And each time that we've said that, we found out that we were wrong. Uh, indeed. So, uh, again, hopefully we're going to actually see uh, some real justice take place uh, here. All right, folks. Uh, United States officials have changed the status of Russian detainee and WNBA star Brittany Griner, the basketball champion, will now be classified as wrongfully detained, which means the officials can work more aggressively on her release. Griner has been in Russia custody since February for allegedly having cannabis in her luggage at the airport. Well, now all of a sudden, uh, officials are stepping it up, so we'll see exactly uh, what impact that is going to actually have. Okay, uh, so okay. we're going to do this here, folks. Going to go to a break, uh, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk Poor People's Campaign. We'll talk other news of the day. Uh, don't forget, download the Black Star Network app, all platforms, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart, Samsung Smart TV. And of course, please join our Bring the Funk fan club. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans to contribute an average of 50 bucks each. That's $4.19 a month, 13 cents a day to join our fan club. Uh, to send a check or money order, P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Uh, cash app dollar sign uh, dollar sign RM unfiltered PayPal is R Martin unfiltered Venmo is RM unfiltered Zelle is rolling at rollingusmartin.com rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com we'll be right back
I'm Dr. Jackie, and on a next A Balanced Life, it takes a village to raise a child, and truer words have never been spoken. If you're raising a child, you know that it's a blessed challenge like no other, even more so if your child has a disability. We'll talk to parents and our expert panelists about the best way forward for your child to help you maintain your own sanity on a next A Balanced Life with Dr. Jackie on Black Star Network. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives, and we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. When I first moved to L.A., me and Joe lived together. Right? right, and and it was that was a big blessing because I didn't have to worry about paying rent. You know, right, I was just struggling, right. doing my thing, and that was a big, big help. And then I think when I moved out, I think that's when I saw the division because I think Joe, I Joe felt like I didn't need him anymore. Right, and it wasn't that. It was like I'm a grown ass man, two grown ass men. Hey, but actually, that's well, that is true. You don't need him anymore. Right. When, when you grow up, first of all, you when you grow up, it's like hey, you yeah. help. And this time you get your ass out the house right. and go do your own thing. Right. He didn't want me to move out. But I'm like, you know what? At the time when I moved out. I mean what? Were you paying a light bill? I wasn't paying he... anything. And, and I said, you know what? I need to, I need this responsibility. It's gonna make me work harder in my career if I know I got rent to pay, I got right. bills to pay. I was paying a cell phone bill, that was it. Right. No, but Joe was treating me like a little butler. Like because <laughs> so I'm telling you, I was like Benson. Now I'm telling you, man. Please fetch Yo, me some water. He was using the Jedi mind tricks. Yo, man, you still make them good grilled cheese sandwiches you made when you was little? <laughs> no, you don't. You know, next thing I'm at the, I'm at the stove. <laughs> Flip it. And then it dawned on me. Check me again. Got me again. A few years ago, I stood before the nation and said we needed to be moral defibrillators. We need Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This shocked the heart of this nation. They tell me that when the heart is in danger, somebody has to call an emergency code. And somebody with a good heart will bring a defibrillator to work on a bad heart. Because it's possible to shock a bad heart and revive the pulse in this season when some want to harden and stop the heart of our democracy. We are being called, like our foremothers and fathers, to be the moral defibrillators of our time. But when I look at now how, in the middle of a pandemic, we still don't have the conscience to do what ought to be done when it comes to COVID relief and health care for all. This is, this is the answer to these 14 points. Right. Raising the wage, updating the poverty measure, housing for all, federal jobs program for all, protect voting and civil rights, guarantee quality public, high quality public education, immigrant reform, immigrant justice, immigrant rights, fair taxes, using the executive orders. When we look at all these things, I'm convinced that we need a heart transplant. Mm -hmm. So I went to a friend of mine, Dr. Jackson, who's a heart specialist, who does transplants. And I said, tell me, how do you get to the decision to transplant a heart? And he said, well, first of all, Barbara, we gotta have a meeting before we ever transplant the heart, he said, we have to have a meeting. Yes. I said, you got to have a meeting? He yes. said, yes. He said, we have to bring the best yes. of every area because yes. the question is, how do you transplant the heart without killing the body? My Lord. My Lord. My Lord. 
There's got to be a meeting. It's not an easy decision. Because you can't, you don't want to take the heart out and kill the body. He says, so every heart transplant takes everybody. Takes the whole team. It takes a meeting. No one person can do it alone. No one group can do it alone. No one surgeon can do it alone. And when I left his office, I began to think that the same is true if you're going to change the heart of a nation. There has to be a meeting. And then the Holy Ghost got a hold of me and said, Baba, you didn't have to go to the doctor. You could have went to God. Because everywhere in the Bible there was fundamental change, it began with a meeting. Yes, sir. In the first book of the Bible, it doesn't, God doesn't say, let me, he says, let us. Yeah. Uh, there's a meeting that came together that created hu- cre- humanity as we know it. When they got ready to deal with Pharaoh, they had a meeting down at the Red Sea. Yeah. They all came together and the sea opened up and Pharaoh drowned. Yeah. Uh, when Goliath was running around saying what he was going to do, David had a meeting with five rocks. He got one for Goliath and four for the rest of his cousins. Uh, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in the fiery furnace, they had a meeting. Down in the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel, the Bible said they had a meeting. And the bones came together and the spirit blew on them. Jesus had a meeting one day with 5,000 and a few loaves of bread. When Jesus died on the cross, there was a meeting because the Bible said the prophets that had been dead long ago when he died, they got up. On Pentecost, there was a meeting. The wind began to blow and uh, and tongues of fire came and, and, the, and the word came that, that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. But then I started reading the history. In 1852, after the Dred Scott decision, there was a meeting. The abolitionists came together and they said, maybe this decision is just one link of the chain of events necessary for the whole downfall of the system of slavery. Therefore, what they have done has only emboldened and intensified our agitation. There was a meeting when Sojourner Truth and Lucretia Mott came together and they began to build the women's suffrage movement and they joined that Seneca Fall. There was a meeting when the social gospel movement came together and they began to declare in the face of gross greed and industrialism that we could not turn away from the children and they asked the question, what would Jesus do? In the 1920s, there was a meeting called the Bonus Marches and folk came together to fight for fair wages and that led to the New Deal when black and white and Jewish civil rights lawyers had a meeting in the 1950s and they decided to take down Jim Crow and to take down separate but equal. In Montgomery they had a meeting. Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks they had a meeting. Then in Selma they had a meeting. Uh, At the Greensboro at the lunch counter they had a meeting. In Birmingham they had a meeting. Started with 40 people but by the time it was over thousands had been arrested and Bull Connor was brought down. 
Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. When Cesar Chavez was alive, they had a meeting in California, and the workers marched and they fasted. Right now at Oak Flats, the Apache Nation is having a meeting. And all of these meetings changed the heart of the nation at that particular point. I just come by to declare that it's time on June 18th for us to have a meeting, for us to have a moral meeting, for us to have a meeting in the streets. Children got to be saved. It's time to have a meeting. Sick folk got to be healed. It's time to have a meeting. Low-wage workers got to be paid. It's time to have a meeting. Housing must be provided for all. It's time to have a meeting. The atmosphere must be saved. It's time to have a meeting. Indigenous people must be treated right. It's time to have a meeting. Voting rights must be expanded and protected. It's time to have a meeting. We're spending too much money trying to blow up the world rather than save the world. It's time to have a meeting. Too much religion is being used to push hate rather than love. It's time to have a meeting. We've got to change the heart of this nation. It's time to have a meeting. This nation needs a heart transplant. It's time to have a meeting. Are you all ready for the meeting? For the meeting. Are you ready for the meeting? God said, if you will have a meeting, I'll show up. I'll bless you. I'll give you power. I'll strengthen you. I'll make you strong. I'll give you favor. I'll make you able to turn this country around. But first, you must have a meeting. Uh, so, Teresa London, did, did, did I just see you, like, about to give a hallelujah shout? I, I, I saw you, like, w waving your hand in the air like you in church. You know, sometimes when Pastor Barber preaches, you know, if you don't feel the anointing, you ain't on the right uh, network. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk with uh, one of the organizers of the Poor People's Campaign, the second, as well as Reverend Dr. William Barber, uh, Mustafa. Uh, the thing that, that they are doing, I, which I think is critically important here, is they are doing what we, what we always talk about on this show, mobilize, organize. And, mm -hmm. and, and at the end of this, like, like, again, you know, we've opened this conversation talking about this whole reaction uh, to this draft Supreme Court decision. And, and, and I've seen people tweet. I've seen folks I know tweet saying... Um, we can't vote our way out of this. Yes, we can. Hmm. We absolutely can. The, the reality is any policymaker that is in position right now, they are in a position because they were voted in or because other people chose not to vote. And so when you begin to organize people, when you begin to mobilize them, when you begin to explain to them what's going on, the reality is the largest block of voters in America are those that don't vote. Mm -hmm. And we organize in folks around real issues that are impacting them on a daily basis. That's what I've always loved about Reverend Barber and the Poor People's Campaign. 
is it's not something that came together out of a think tank in Washington, D.C. It actually comes out of the sets of experiences of everyday people. You know, we live in the richest country in the world, but yet the most unequal. And Reverend Barber and the Poor People's Campaign continue to put a spotlight on it, just like Dr. King and so many other great leaders at that time, you know, talking about income and the wealth disparities that exist and that we have to honor working class folks um, who are doing everything right, but continue to slip further and further behind and dealing with housing issues and dealing with health care issues um, and, and a number of other of the platforms. So your vote is tied into that. And Reverend Barber, yourself and others continue to put a spotlight on that if you want these things to change, then you have to get engaged in the civic process. You got to understand that democracy doesn't work. It is not something you stand on the sidelines and expected to do the right things. You got to be engaged with democracy and democracy is driven by your vote. So we just got to make sure that folks, that we continue to infuse both the, how, the hope and the power uh, that comes along with our vote and then make sure that we're utilizing it in the right way. You know, uh, you know, Candace, uh, you know, on that point, uh, again, as Mustafa said, is when you mobilize people around issues where it's not a D, it's not an R, it's not a party, mm -hmm. but it's really um, what do you care about? Uh, and, and I fundamentally believe that, that the power to be able uh, to truly take this, and I want to say take this country back, really it's taking this country away from those who have been controlling it and controlling us for so long. And so that's why I, you know, I tell folks, voters shut the hell up. Mm. Because <clears throat> at, at, at the end of the day, when you talk about judges, when you talk about policy, when you talk about the environment, when you talk about economic policy, when mm -hmm. you talk about wages, uh, all of those things are very well tied to those who are in power. And people have got to come to a realization that they are not powerless. That's right. And those people who are in power, that's really the heart uh, of the country um, that Barbara was talking about. We, we have to change that. In other words, we have to make sure that all the blood that flows to the other parts of the system of this United States of America are working in a way that benefits us when it comes to the social justice system and education and housing. And, and, and what somebody already said in the panel is correct. There are some people who are out on the steps right now, the Supreme Court, because they care about abortion. But not everybody is, is, is that, that's not the center of everybody's life. In this particular campaign, what they're doing is they're talking about issues that anybody should care about, wages, education, uh, um, you know, the, the tax system, things that are important to people in order to get by on a day-to-day, -day. not kind of these larger issues that loom around, up, uh, around us. On a day-to-day, -day, what matters? And that's why this campaign is so important, because they're talking about issues that matter. They're asking people to galvanize around issues that matter, that literally matter what is going to be served at dinner, literally matters how your your kids are going to go to school and if they go on to school. So this is why this campaign is so important, critical, especially in and around and close to the midterm elections. Uh, folks, and again, uh, Mother's Day uh, is approaching. And so, you know, first of all, that's happening. One of the things that's also happening as a part of this focus on the March towards June 18th 
which is the Poor People's and Low Wage Workers Assembly in Moral March in Washington, into the polls, which will be happening here in D.C. They represent 140 million low-wage workers across the country. And one of those courageous activists uh, on the movement's front lines is Pam Garrison. Pam Garrison is a coal miner's daughter who grew up with her siblings in the coal camps. She is in her 60s, has never been paid a living wage. She's worked multiple low-wage jobs her entire life to support her family, including her husband, who has chronic obstructive pulmonary disease from decades of working in the mines. She is the tri-chair of the West Virginia Poor People's Campaign and joins us from Fayette County, West Virginia. Uh, and in a second, we'll be joined by Reverend Dr. William Barber, president and senior lecturer of repairs of the breach. Uh, but Pam, I, I want to start with you because, you know, I've seen uh, numerous of uh, your various videos. <coughs> and you and others have been very aggressive in, in trying to get the attention of your senator, Joe Manchin. And um, when, when you look at your state economically, you look at the literacy rate, you look at health issues, I, you have to ask yourself, what in the world is Manchin seeing or not seeing that people like you are seeing? I think Manchin sees plenty. I think he just don't care. I think um, Manchin's goals are on his pockets and on his um, uh, fortune. And I don't think... Any man with that kind of power that could lift up his state and help almost every citizen in it and just want for a dollar, that's, that's immoral. That's evil is what that is. And it's not just the poor people's campaign in West Virginia. There is... Uh, groups who are having sit-ins, who are getting arrested. Um, you know, um, I have seen the homelessness almost double, triple in West Virginia in the past uh, several years, uh, much less. And, you, and generational poverty. I, I was a minimum wage worker. I handed off to my daughter right out of high school um, didn't go to college. The only jobs in West Virginia are tourist jobs, which are restaurant stores, service workers. Um, that, is our, that is the majority of our, our jobs. I handed my daughter the same thing that I was making 12 years ago. And then my senator has got the gall to tell us that we might, um, what we might do if we get an actual living wage. You know what we would do? We would live, not just survive, not just rake and scrape. And we have, in West Virginia, we had to classify a whole new group of people in our state. They're called grand families. That's because our kids can't afford homes of their own. And after the opioid, opioid epidemic, a lot of them was maimed and stuff. The grandparents are carrying the whole families. And then this pandemic, we're the number one ones that it hits and starts killing and wiping out. 
all right, the women in my state then have to try to figure out who's going to keep their kids now. Their parents are, are, are their caregivers. Uh, then they can't go back to work. And so what's my state do? My state cuts their unemployment to try to make them go, go, go find some little minimum wage job if they can. If not, their, their solution is starve. Uh, our homeless population, their solution is, well, let's lock them up. Nobody, we don't want to see it. Not that we're going to do anything to solve it, but we don't want to see it. You know, this is the things that Cinder Mansion knows is going on. They're in, it's in his backyard. I just came from there from a 20-some mile march through it and to it. I know. And like I said, the June the 18th, it's a declaration. We're bringing many flags under one banner, and we're saying it's time. It's time we mobilize all of us together, and we do change this elections, and we do get, I want to say, move us forward again, because all I have seen is us get tore down and took back. We've got took back to like the Wild West. We've took back to like the Depression, 1920s. I mean, how much further are we gonna keep going back and falling down to our planets burn up? It's too late to stand up then. Now's the time to stand. Um, Reverend Barbara, um, th this right now, is the this is the app of the Wall Street Journal. And I think it's quite interesting that these two stories are on top of one another. Uh, it says, um, do me a favor, folks, uh, kill the lower third, please. Um, it says, Starbucks plans barista raises, says unionized cafes will need to bargain. The coffee giant is expanding pay and benefits as a battle between the company and unionized employees is escalating. The story below it says U.S. jobs openings quits hit records. The Labor Department reported a seasonally adjusted 11.5 million job openings in March as a shortage of available workers continued to pressure the U.S. labor market. The reason those, th those two, I think, are so important, Ribbon Barber, because here's the reality. Starbucks would not be increasing pay nor offering more benefits if workers were not fighting to get unionized in order to increase their pay and to get benefits. They ain't doing it because they are uh, benevolent. They're doing it because of that, bot that second story. Folks are like, y'all can keep these damn jobs if you ain't paying nobody. Exactly right. And the Poor People's Campaign National Call for Moral Revival is right in there with those workers and other workers around the country. We've been on the front line. The Starbucks workers will be joining us June 18th and mobilizing voters and others. But also, the company's trying to play a game. They, now they're saying to their employees, we're going to give you a little teeny bit of raise so you can stop organizing. But the, but the workers are not going to fall for it. And then, Roland, look at that. They say we got all these open jobs, but what are they open? A lot of them low-wage jobs. So it is possible in America to have low unemployment, a lot of jobs open, and have a lot of poverty 
because even when people work, take the jobs, they are low-wage jobs. You heard Pam, my dear sister from West Virginia, say that we haven't raised the minimum wage in 12 years. And so it's not that you just have to work in America. You know, slavery was work, but it was free. <laughs> and today, people are working for less than a living wage. There's not a county in this country where a person can work a minimum wage job and afford a basic two-bedroom apartment and, and food and the basic things they need for a living. And in addition to that, restaurant workers work for $2.13 an hour plus tips. And so what we really have, Roland, is a crisis of democracy. You know, it's interesting that you and I are having this conversation today after the Planned Parenthood, I mean, the um, uh, leak yesterday. And I've been thinking, Roland, why was it leaked by an extremist? Because I mm -hmm. think what they want us to do is just only focus on the, uh, the, the role piece without understanding this. Just like people are in the streets, and I'm out there too over this attack on Roe. But we got to get to the point where we are also out there the same way when they're trying, when they're taking voting rights, and the same way when they're blocking living wages. Because what the extremists are saying is, we're going to take your voting rights, we're going to take your living wages, we're going to take your health care, going to take your right to choose, we're going to take gay people's right to love who they want to. And, and we're going to take all the tax money we can and give it back to all the wealthy folk we can, and we're going to dare you to say anything. And what needs got to happen in this moment, what just happened leaked yesterday has to continue to birth unified movements, moral fusion movement. I was just on the call today where poor and low-wealth women, working women and low-wage women, who some of them were raped and otherwise and had abortions, are going to be coming on June 18th not just to talk about the Roe issue and why we have to fight, but why, if you're really going to fight to uphold Roe, you better fight to expand voting rights, because that's how the people who cut Roe get in office or get on the court in the first place. Roley, that's the key. And I like the way you position going back to those two in the Wall Street Journal. On the one hand, you got a company having to raise people's wages. Why? Because there's a fight going on. You also had that company trying to play a trick and say, we'll raise your wages if you quit uh, fighting for the union. But then you also have the other headline saying, we've got all of these open jobs. But people are saying, well, they're open jobs, but so many of them are open part-time and low-wage jobs that, that, that are really immoral because people should not work 40 and 50 hours a week and still not be able to make a, a decent living. Um, Pam... You've been out there. Just, just, just share for the folks who are watching and listening, uh, share with them um, um, what you're hearing in living rooms when you're on the phones uh, and you're talking to folks who are black, who are white, who are Latino, who are Asian, it don't matter, uh, but, but they're in economic dire straits. Uh, what are they saying to you? What are y'all talking about? The struggle how hard it is, um, and how, how to get things changed, how to get things better. Um, and I hear a lot of times, I hear, well, my vote don't count. It don't do no good. It don't do no good. They're going to do what they want to do. And my answer to them is, yes, your vote does count because your vote makes my vote count. 
my vote and our vote makes that one's vote count. It makes the next one's vote count. All of us together, we're a mighty voice, and we are going to make change. Um, for us, we can't, we're trying to figure out how to take and um, afford a new tires for uh, uh, the next seasons, uh, how to get our kids. And we see this, that instead of trying to help us, this going back to normal is being taken away from us. You know, it, it's taken more away from us. It, and there, the pandemic's not gone. It's not back to normal. That's right. Um, you know, in our state and in other states, this virus, we've got cases going up. So, you know, trying to um, act like things are just hunky-dory, and that's what they want us to believe here in West Virginia. Oh, wild and wonderful, almost heaven. Well, let me tell you what, in West Virginia, it's far from almost heaven. And there is 710,000 of us poor, low-wage workers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports. Sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. In West Virginia, that can testify to that. You know, 140 million of us in the country. So, you know, we're talking about how how we can go, move forward and make things better. Yeah. Reverend Barber, um, I'm going to ask you this question before I actually go to my... Um, before I go to my panel for uh, the questions. So panel, get ready for, uh, uh, for your question here. The thing that, 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 that is interesting is <laughs> you have President Biden at the White House Correspondents dinner, dinner naturally joking about his poll numbers. You've got Democratic strategists who are predicting doom and gloom. Oh my God, you know, we're going to lose. You just heard Pam say 140 million low-wage workers. Well, maybe if they stop trying to flip suburban conservative white women and focus on speaking to the needs of low-wage workers, they will be talking about landslides in November as opposed to a tsunami of them losing. Roland, you and I talk so much about, I'm so sick of these pundits that just go ahead and just decide what has happened. They don't even look at the data. Poor and low wealth people break up 32% of the electorate in battleground states, 45%. In West Virginia, poor and low wealth people didn't vote against their own interests. A lot of them just stopped voting. If they had an inspiring agenda and candidates uh, they would vote. But now they're saying, we don't even have to be inspired. We're going to vote for our own lives. You're talking about in 15 states, battleground states, it, it would only take a maximum of 20% of poor and low-wealth voters that already are registered to be mobilized around an agenda that, that could secure the Senate, the presidency, and governor's races. In most of those Hold states... Hold on, you said 20% of those already registered. Already registered. I'm not talking about, right, already registered, already eligible, or who just haven't voted. And in most of those states, uh, it's under that. Like, we have numbers that show uh, a 1% increase in Michigan, a 7% increase in Georgia, 4% increase in Florida, 19% increase in North Carolina, could overcome any past margin of victory. But the pundits and the politicians, they don't even talk to poor and low-wealth people. They don't even say their name. That's why June 18th, we're saying we're not going to be unheard and unseen anymore. And then they've got to have the agenda to talk to folk. What are we talking about? If we would push an agenda that centers and prioritizes the poor, the $140 million, push an agenda that says we're going to secure the human rights uh, to democracy, equal protection under law, secure the right for adequate standard of living and living wages, secure the right for work with dignity, secure the right for health care for all, housing, the rights to food and water and broadband and public utilities, the right to education, the right to comprehensive just immigration, the right to 
in indigenous people and First Nation peoples having their rights, the right to a robust climate agenda, the right to enact taxation on the ultra-rich and corporation Wall Street and forgiving student debts, and the right to prepare—and then to prioritize peace diplomacy and nuclear non-proliferation. And then, if we would repair the social and economic injustices through what we have to do through reparations for people who've been traditionally and historically uh, undermined and, 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 and uh, oppressed. That kind of an agenda with real policies and a willingness to fight for it. But what we have instead is we've got folk, you get one vote on voting rights and they just hide. One vote on living wages and they quit. But what's happening now is poor and low wealth folk are saying, uh-uh, y'all might quit, but we aren't going to quit. And that's why we're mobilizing for this mass poor people's low wage workers assembly, moral march on Washington, and to the polls. Because what we are going to have to do, just like we do with uh, these business leaders, they're going to have to feel and see the power of poor and low wealth people. And, and Roland, it is not a big lift. But the problem is the pundits and the politicians. Republicans too often say poverty is the issue of people's personal morality. And for some reason, so many Democrats can't even say the word poor or low wealth. They just say those trying to make it into the middle class. And they talk more like Reagan Democrats rather than re Democrats who are serious about reviving the heart and soul of this country. Uh, but but now, it's not a heavy lift. And we have to, you know, Roland, we don't be, we're, and I'm we're not loud and wrong. I want your audience to go read our report called Waking the Sleeping Giant. We did a serious analysis with Columbia University and Howard University and, and on several things. And I'm telling you, the numbers are there. Poor and low-wealth people are the sleeping giant in this country. Questions from the panel. Mustafa, you first. Uh, Reverend Barber and Pam, it's good to see you. Um, on June 19th, after we all come together on June 18th, what's the marching orders moving forward? Well, I'm glad that you asked that question, because first of all, on June 18th, it's going to be something more than just the coming together. It's going to be very different. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be people coming to speak for folk. America hasn't seen pe people like Pam from, from West Virginia standing with a sister from Alabama. And they're not going to just be crying. They're, going, they're not going to just be crying. Did my camera go out? No, you're good. You're good. They're not just going to be crying. They're going to be laying out their pain, their stories, and then making demands. So, first of all, my, my brother, on the night, America will be real clear of what we want and what we're going to fight for. Number two, we're saying after the 18th, and we've laid out what the problem is, what the demands are, all acts of nonviolent actions to make it happen are on the table. All of them. From 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 nonviolent actions of sit-ins to, to 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 voting to marching to pushing to organizing, then secondly we're going to have the whole summer to mobilize this 32 percent of the electorate, a significant portion of it, uh, and this 45 percent in in elect in um in battleground states. That's because our purpose of this march is to shift the moral narrative, to put before the nation a clear third reconstruction agenda and to build political power and then to exercise that power in a way in the midterm that says you will never, never, never ignore us again. And then fifthly, to use whatever tactics we have across the country. Because what you should know is we have 42 states now organizing, 42 states, 
2,500 clergy, 147 organizations, and 20 different denominational groups that are saying it's time for all of us to come together. Lastly, because the folk that are against voting rights and against women's rights and against uh, living wages and against union rights are the same people. And if they are huh. cynical, mean enough to be together, we better be smart enough to come together. Teresa. Reverend Barbara, thank you so much for your continued activism. Um, outside of June 18th, is there something else that we can do? Um, one, I would love to hear, you know, the story of um, this young woman who, you know, has been through the struggle, because I, I do think that also that's another image. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not just happening to black and brown people. It's happening to us all and bring this as a unity conversation. So what else can we do um, if we cannot join you on June 18th? If you cannot join us, tell everybody you know within a radius of mile that they can. If you cannot join us, have listening parties and watch, not parties, but watch gatherings, because you're going to mm -hmm. hear all those stories. You're going to hear a sister who lost 25 family members in a 30-mile radius because the way we did not care for poor, low-wealth people during this mm. pandemic. But she's mm. saying, I'm not going to quit. I'm here to fight now, for real. I'm fighting in the name of all my family members who died. If you go sign up Poor People's Campaign, make sure you sign up to our Action Network. We now have over 400,000 people that are Poor People Campaign activists. They say, call us, we come. Call us, we move in state after state after state. And then send it. The other thing is, my sister, all of these studies, because what we get lied to so much in this country, and so many blinders mm -hmm. on stuff. So what we've done is we've done studies to make sure that folk understand. Because I'm convinced sometimes the reason why people aren't moving because they don't know how bad it is. Like, nobody was telling us. The government didn't even keep the record on how poor and low-wealth people were faring through the pandemic. We had to go out and find it. And when we found mm -hmm. it, our worst fears were realized that poor and low-wealth people died at a rate of two to five times higher than the rest of the um, country. And you could not blame non-vaccination as the problem. Poverty was the accelerant, and race was the accelerant. But you just said, and, though, but you just said, Reverend Barber, that people were saying they, they didn't know. But what happened when y'all re released that report? My show <laughs> was one of the very few well, y'all got any airtime because the network said, oh, we busy with Ukraine and Judge Ketanji exactly. Brown-Jackson. How you only cover two stories in 24 hours? That's right. And, and, you, and you do a groundbreaking study like that, which is why we've got... I don't want people to just... Because I know we've tired some of mass gathering, but this is different. And the reason we have to do this is to force even the media to take up this issue. Y'all, if Roland, if it wasn't for you and some others and a few other... It's like almost like people don't want to talk about it. It's like we just want to ignore 140 million people. 52% of our children are poor and low wealth in this country right now. And 700 people are dying a day from poverty, a quarter million people a year before the pandemic. And none of it has to exist. There is no scarcity, and there's no scarcity of ideas on how to fix it. What we have is a scarcity of moral consciousness and, and political action to do what needs to be done. And that's why this mass gathering is not a gathering and an end. It is a declaration, a declaration mm -hmm. of... We've been building for three years, but it is a declaration that we are not going to be unseen or unheard anymore. Pam, weigh the in, please. The get deeper after the 18th. Pam, go and weigh in. Um, 
what we have this, that we're battling is the dark money. Um, mm. The courts made it legal for them to dump as much money as they can as, as, as to buy our laws, buy our electors, to buy everything, our media. So that's what we're fighting. It's not just issues. We're fighting the dark money, the corruption, the lies, the misinformation. So that's what we're out here saying. This is truth. We, we want accountability. We want morals. We want justice. We want, we want what we were meant to be. A democracy that looks out for each other, that rises from the bottom up. We're not asking for a handout. We're asking for a hand up. And That's it's right. our democracy. It's our, it's our lives. And if we don't, our kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids are going to suffer for it. So right. we have no choice. They have backed us into a corner to where we have got to come out. We, we, we cannot stay in this corner anymore. We are dying. We are dying by uh, almost a million of us. We cannot be silent anymore, and we won't. That's right. I'm organizing my state. If you're in my state, get on a bus. If That's you right. want change, do more than tweet. Get out and mm -hmm. organize. Get out and do something. Stand up. Get out here when you hear these lies and misinformation. Demand your news organizations taking cover what is really important, what is really happening in your state and in your uh, what's going on, what your elected officials are doing, because they're doing it to you. And if you don't stand up and, and let people know that uh, just because you twist a lie, don't make it truth. It's not honor. It's not dignity. It's not us. We are standing up. We are human beings, and we want to be treated like we're human beings. We are tired of being treated like a commodity that is disposable. Candace. Reverend Barbara, I'm wondering, how do you get people who may not say, well, who may say, I I'm not poor, you know, where do I fit into this? How do you get them to understand that the problems that you are marching for really are problems that actually belong to them, no matter what class they're in? Well, first of all, the cost of keeping people poor and low wage, you know, it cost us a trillion dollars, cost you and me a trillion dollars a year, this country, to keep people in poverty instead of fixing it. Cost, we lose $330 billion every year when we deny living wage of $15. If we had passed the $15 living wage in the affordable, um, in the, uh, uh, not the Affordable Care Act, in the uh, rescue plan, and Manchin hadn't blocked it, 41% of all of African Americans would have been raised out of poverty. Think about that. 41% with one vote. And over and millions of people, and it would have pumped $330 billion into the economy, and you might not be having the kind of inflation and the kind of, uh, of other problems we're having. So you can't keep poor and low-wealth folk in the ditch without staying there with them. Secondly, mm. we are redefining poverty. See, the government tells you, and this is why a lot of people say, well, it's not talking about me. Basically, the government says if you make $12,800 a year as a single person, you're not poor. But that's a lie. The true measurement of poverty, you have to start with 200% of the poverty uh, rate. 
And what we are finding is that when we say 140 million people, we're talking about people who are working poor. We're talking about 73% of 73 million women. We're talking about 60% of all black people. 60% of all black people are poor and low wealth in America today. That's 26 million people. We're talking about 30% of all white people. That's 66 million people. So one of the things the 18th is going to do is put a face on it because we've been lied about what it even looks like. And mm. the fact of the matter, more and more people are starting to come out and say, well, you know, that's me. Uh, we, 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 we were looking one day in one state, you, people had to work 102 hours a week at 725 just to survive. Uh, I said to a group of pastors, it's a shame and a disgrace for you to ask people to give to your pastor's anniversary, but then you won't fight for them to have a living wage. Hmm. So we've got to change the whole narrative. That's why we said June 18th is about a narrative shift, and we got to put the right face on this, because it really is all of us. And to think that here we are in 2022, and we're almost at 50% of this nation living in poverty and low wealth, and if it had not been for the few things we did during the pandemic and then took them away, the poverty level would have gone to over 150 million people. This mm. democracy cannot stand that kind of strain and pressure much longer. Something's going to break. Something's going to give. People are hurting, particularly in the midst of so much opulence. And when they see politicians and congresspeople who block from the people who elect them the very things they get free just because they got elected, health care, major wage, <coughs> pension, they block all of that stuff from the very people that elect them. So this is a different kind of coming out. It is is forcing us to see ourselves and, and, and to say two things. First of all, that's me. That, that, that <coughs> now, the is not just going to be defined somebody in a homeless shelter, it's, even though they will be there and a part of it. But then secondly, we're going to be talking about the cost of poverty, the cost, what, how much it costs us in this country to sustain poverty. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of an oxymoron, right? You would think we, we are having to pay to sustain poverty. I'll give you one quick point, uh, my sister, and I'm glad you raised it. Our military budget, as it currently stands, is more than the next 11 countries combined. If we cut it in half, we'd have more money in military than Russia, Iraq, Iran, China, and uh, North Korea combined. There are studies that say if we just took 5% of that money, because right now we spend 52 cents of every discretionary dollar on the war economy, not for soldiers that are wounded, to the contractors, and less than 15 cents of every discretionary dollar on education, health care, and roads. If we just took 5% of the current military budget and directed it to programs that build up the world rather than blow up the world, one contract to Lockheed Martin would cover every state that has denied Medicaid expansion and would give 4.3 million people health care. Just one contract. So we've got to change the whole narrative around this, and that's why June 18th is a major, major step in doing that. All right, then. Uh, well, look, we look, certainly look forward to that. We'll be broadcasting live from there. Uh, Pam, thank you very much. Keep up the fight. Uh, and for people out there who think uh, that uh, that having these conversations, the show doesn't matter. Uh, I can't remember her name, but I, I know she's one of your tri-state leaders. Uh, she's uh, She was a white woman who uh -huh. was watching this show. She had never heard of Reverend Barber, had never, never heard of the Poor People's Campaign, 
but she saw him on the show, and that's what she called that day and joined the Poor People's Campaign there in West Virginia. I forgot her name. We had her on the show uh, a, a couple of months ago. Uh, but again, so for somebody who's watching, y'all think, oh, Rolling on talk to black people. No, no. Non-black people watch the show, but it's the content, content. they're listening to and being and, and moved Ro by. Can I say one quick thing? Yeah. I know you got to... Anybody that's claiming to stand for black folk, and, I, I, and, I, and, 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 and I, we're talking a few, but I want to talk black just a minute. And you have 60.7% of black folk living in poverty and low wealth, and that's not topping your agenda? What you doing? And if you're not connecting the fight for voting rights to the fight for economic rights, what are you doing? And somebody said to me the other day, well, Reverend Barber, nobody wants to hear all those sad stories. We need to have a fun thing. I said, that's our damn problem. We're having too much fun rather than being engaged in the fight. This is a fight because we're in a crisis of civilization and a crisis of democracy. And it's going to be waged with everybody, black, white, brown, yellow, young, old, gay, straight, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, Hindu, people of faith, people not of faith. But you know what the young folks saying? saying we coming, and we're not going back, and we're not going to be unseen or unheard anymore. That's it. We appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Doc. God bless. Thank you. Hey, Pam. Thanks, Pam. Keep up the fight. Folks, going to a break, we come back on Marketplace 7. We're talking to a black-owned business, a sister who owns her own sneaker company out of Atlanta. Uh, folks, don't forget to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Also, download the Black Star Network app. Uh, the app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, uh, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV, and, of course, uh, join our Bring the Funk fan club. You can see and check our money order to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 2003-7-0196. Cash app is sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. I'll be right back. impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives, and we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. I'm Dr. Jackie, and on a next A Balanced Life, it takes a village to raise a child, and truer words have never been spoken. If you're raising a child, you know that it's a blessed challenge like no other, even more so if your child has a disability. We'll talk to parents and our expert panelists about the best way forward for your child to help you maintain your own sanity on a next A Balanced Life with Dr. Jackie on Black Star Network. On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, Financial Literacy. Without it, wealth is just a pipe dream. And yet, half of our schools in this country don't even teach it to our kids. You're going to hear from a woman who's determined to change all that, not only here, but around the world. World of Money is the leading provider of immersive financial education for children ages 7 to 18. We provide 120 online and classroom hours of financial education. That's right here on Get Wealthy on Black Star Network. 
This week on The Black Table with me, Greg Carr. Reparations, is it finally time? Two of the country's foremost authorities on the subject will join me to try to answer that very question. A powerful installment of The Black Table with me, Greg Carr, right here, only on the Black Star Network. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Nelson. Hi, this is Cheryl Lee Ralph, and you are watching Roll. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Alan Martin, unfiltered. All right, folks, of course, every uh, Tuesday we focus on black owned businesses 
in our marketplace segment. And so uh, we have uh, any number of black-owned businesses. Uh, folks have had drape companies, of course. Uh, we've had people uh, with undergarment company. I mean, you name it, we've had that. Uh, today, we have uh, another business owner, a sister who has uh, an athletic company in terms of uh, the shoes and items that they make. You actually see, you can actually check it out right now. So you see, uh, this is her website, uh, Tronus. You see it right there. She uh, also uh, is a, a former football player. That's right. She played uh, women's football, uh, and uh, she's now uh, a CEO of her own company. And she joins us right now. You see me sitting here rocking the shoes as well. So Tronus boasts itself as having the most comfortable unisex sneaker in the world. The shoes come in a variety of styles and colors. The founder and, and former football player says her, her sneakers to disrupt the shoe industry. Uh, Santia Wells is a CEO, joins us from Atlanta. So when you say, okay, so I have these shoes on now. So when you say these are unisex shoes, what does that, what, what does that actually mean? That um, that, that men or women can wear them, or do you have, so you, you don't have separate lines for men and women? No, 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 it's just one line. Got um, it. Men and women can wear it. Got it, okay, all right then. Uh, so well, that, that, that's an interesting route to go. How did you arrive at that? Um, we decided to do that because, um, you know, when we were going through the process of trying to figure out the sizing, um, first of all, it's, it's, a, it's a lot easier to do it that way, just to be honest. But also, the way that I design my shoes is literally created for a man or a woman. You know, if you're a sneakerhead, you know, it, it fits, you know, both a, a man and a woman perfectly. Um, and, you know, honestly, it's, it was just the, the best route to go for us. All right, then, uh, where did you start it? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Uh, when, did you start, when did you start the company? Uh, so, we actually launched in 2020. We launched in the pandemic. Got it. Wow, that was... Um... Interesting time to launch a company. Yeah, um, honestly, it, it was not uh, the way that we originally wanted to plan it, but because we had so much time to focus on um, actually building the company um, and actually taking our time doing that since we were at home, um, we ended up doing it that way. And we ended up actually launching June, Juneteenth. Um, so that was also a really special day for us. Um, but honestly, it was, you know, it was, it was meant to be that way, to be quite honest. Gotcha. All right, then. And so, and it was interesting because um, when you talk about uh, launch, launching uh, this type of company, uh, when, um, when Nike actually dropped or wouldn't support Allison Phoenix uh, when she was pregnant, uh, she actually, versus when she came back, uh, she recently retired, uh, she decided to launch her own uh, shoe company as well. Uh, in, 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 in terms of being able to, uh, to uh, build her own brand as opposed to trying to get a shoe deal from another company. Exactly. Um, what's very interesting is, um, honestly, the reason why I actually decided to create this company was because me being a female athlete, um, as you guys know, it is a big gap, <laughs> pay gap when it comes to getting what you're, you know, getting paid what you're worth. Uh, when it comes to sponsorships and endorsement deals. So I was like, instead of me getting, you know, a small size sponsorship or something like that, why not go into the actual shoe industry and create something that I can not only have 100% ownership of, but also give other athletes, you know, especially female athletes, the opportunity to get paid what they're worth. And, you know, it's a woman behind it. All right, then. Hey, let's go to our panel. Uh, we'll start with Teresa Lundy. Teresa. What's your question for Santia Wells? 
Santia, congratulations um, on your sneaker. Uh, actually, Roland had someone on his show before and actually bought a pair, so I can't wait to buy yours. But in order to do so, I need to know a website or where to go. So please let me know what your website is. <laughs> oh, sure. It's, uh, so it's tronosofficial.com, and it's T-R-O-N-U-S official.com. So now, now, so do you have a, because uh, what she was referring to, we had Rock, Rock Deep uh, Global on as well. So do you have a particular code for the folks who are watching uh, so you can uh, track uh, your sales from this show? Do you have anything like that? We don't, but we can actually create one for See? everyone who actually wants to come, purchase. Come on, Santia, you got to get that. <laughs> you got to be able to track how you do in these interviews. All right. All right. Right, I didn't even think about that. Come on now, you're the CEO. You got to think about that stuff now. Uh, let's go, uh, Candace. You're next. All right. So first of all, I'm going to be waiting for that code, discount code. Okay. I hope. I also wanted to know if there are any humps that you came up against. How would you encourage someone uh, to learn from what you've learned from it? Any mistakes that you've learned from someone else who might be wanting to do the same thing that you're doing? Yes, yeah, so I would say um, one of our biggest issues was definitely, and honestly, it was out of our control, was um, the shipping. Uh, definitely during the pandemic, as everybody knows, the ports were horrendous. Everybody got their shipments super late. Some people never got their shipments. So I would say, you know, unfortunately, we kind of had no choice but to go through that. But make sure mm -hmm. whenever you're getting ready to, like, drop your shoes and launch your shoes, start shipping things out, make sure... <laughs> that, you know, it's the it's a good timing for that so that you don't have to go through, like, the chaotic, you know, trying to figure out how to get your shoes here, trying to make sure that your customers understand what's going on. Um, really, really plan everything out and take your time um, because I wouldn't wish what happened during the pandemic on anybody. <laughs> um, and also make sure that you have a amazing manufacturer that's understanding and also wants to see you be successful. Mustafa. Santia, congratulations. Um, $14 billion industry right now that you're in. I'm curious, what's the vision over the next couple of years for your company? I'm just going to be very frank. I want to be the next Nike. Um, I honestly want to be bigger than Nike, if I'm being honest. Um, and honestly, mm. I want to give athletes a safe place um, to come and where they're not going to be taken advantage of. And again, I'm really big on athletes getting what they're worth because I understand being an athlete, um, you know, what that role it is like and definitely a, a female athlete so I just want to make sure that there's equality when it comes to that um, because I know it's, it's such a big gap so you have the shoes but you also have leisure wear so you so this is first of all uh, you are very wise to have black and gold let's just be real clear uh, <laughs> Mustafa agrees being a fellow alpha so the, so this goes perfectly with my uh, black and gold ring uh, and so, uh, so talk about uh, going beyond just the shoes also to uh, the leisure wear. Yeah, so we wanted to be like a one-stop shop, like the bigger brands. So we want to do the athleisure wear. We're actually going to come out with actual like athletic wear, which is what I'm currently wearing right now, but for men as well. Um, we have our beanies, we have masks, we have socks. So we want to make sure that when you came to our, our actual website, you can get an entire outfit. So you don't have to go anywhere else to get anything, even socks, even, you know, beanies, caps, all of that. Um, and, you know, what's really special about our athleisure wear is the fact that our hoodies are actually satin lined. So, you know, for for all my my sisters and brothers that protects our hair, our curls, um, it's almost like wearing a bonnet, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw that. I saw the uh, Harry's. 
which, uh, give me this one here. Give me this one here. So people, y'all should be able to see uh, this is the inside oh. of the hoodie right here. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, uh, so Candace, if you're trying to protect your hairdo, uh, exactly. This uh, and I thank you. This this satin hoodie, <laughs> this satin this satin hoodie will ha keep the uh, the hairstyle holding up a little bit longer uh, exactly. in, in between beauty sto beauty shop stops. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. So so uh, so, so, so Tia, uh, how how have sales been going? Uh, you know uh, where are you all now, and how how have you been able to you launched in 2020, and uh, what has it been looking like in the last two years? So sales have been honestly really, really, really good. Um, you know, we honestly had a really, really good um, beginning. Like our start was amazing. Um, you know, we hit some numbers that we were super excited about and proud of. Uh, we did cross the seven-figure um, line uh, actually last year. So um, we have just been honestly super blessed. And we are honestly still flabbergasted in and all from like just all of the support that we've gotten from all over the world, not just here in America. So um, I definitely owe that to me, you know, really, really getting into the influencer space really early because I really, really utilize my platform and I encourage other people to do that as well. Uh, and, and look, I mean, keep in mind when we talk about, uh, we talk about black owned businesses, um, you know, uh, look, you know, the, the average black owned businesses have, has not the average, um, 2.5 million, 2.6 million has one employee, uh, and they do an average revenue uh, of about $54,000. And so uh, I'm always trying to explain to people these things so they understand uh, exactly um, that, that in terms of wh where our businesses are. Uh, and uh, this here is uh, your uh, social media page. Uh, and y'all see uh, she's so on Instagram, your, your track baby 001. Uh, Queen of abs, child of God, owner of uh, Toronto's official. And, uh, and so again, if you talk about leveraging, you have 891,000 followers uh, there on, uh, on, on social media. Uh, I, was, uh, I spent some time this week when I was in LA, uh, I, was, I was talking to a fellow journalist, Sharon Carpenter, and, I was, and she was asking about you know, how I've grown my media company. And I said, I said look, too many people, what they're doing is, uh, too many people are spending time uh, just focused on uh, celebrity stuff, fashion stuff, showing their body. Uh, and, and, and I'll say this, and this is no disrespect to any, any woman on, on here, but I've had to tell sisters, I've said, mm. who own businesses, look, boo, you cute. But if all you're posting are your body shots and your fashion shots, and you mm. ain't posting nothing about your business, you can't tell me you're trying to grow your business when, frankly, you're competing with the IG model. And I've had to have that serious, I mean, I've had to, like, let some sisters know who own businesses. And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm confused. And then when I asked them the question, give me your stats on who follows you, it's typically 70, 30 men to women. I said, mm. now you understand what they watching for, and it ain't your business. Right. Mm. <laughs> I agree, I agree. Um, I've done a lot of social media consultations with different people, men and women, and that's definitely something that I try to get everybody to focus on is your, if you are a business, you have to actually portray that on your page. So you can't be out there, you know, posting, you know, stacks of money and guns and then for the women posting twerk videos and everything else, but you're trying to sell a boutique, you know, you're mm -hmm. only going to 
certain type of audience. So that's something that I had to learn when I was in college. You know, um, when I first started social media was like, if you actually want to be taken seriously, especially as a black woman, you have to make sure that your your page looks like that, and so that people can actually come with you respectful. You can get bigger opportunities. To be to be quite honest. Yeah, but it's but it's also just about again, you, you, like I have to tell one person, you can't tell me you want to grow your business, and I don't see nothing about your business on your page. That that, <laughs> that that's just a little that's a little hard. Uh, last question for you: What uh, what's your goal for 2022? Or, or where do you want to be at this time, at this point in, uh, you know, in Q2 2023? Um, so I have really big goals, to be honest. I really, really want to be an international brand. Um, I want our shoes to be in uh, as many foot lockers and champ sports as, as possible. And I want everybody to know the Toronto's brand. I want people to be rocking the shoes, the clothing, the athletic wear. I want it to be a household brand. All right, then, folks. Uh, it is mm. Tronus, T-R-O-N-U-S, the website. Uh, the social media, go ahead and pull it up, please. Uh, their social media is uh, Tronus Official. Uh, Facebook, Tronus Shoes. Instagram, Tronus Official. Uh, the website is Tronus, T-R-O-N-U-S, uh, official.com. First of all, what does Tronus mean? It actually means uh, throne in Greek. Say it again? Throne. Got it. All right, then. And so that's their uh, social media. Uh, and again, Satya's uh, 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 Instagram is trackbaby001. I, I take it you ran track in school? I did. All my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I sort of figured that out since you called yourself trackbaby. So sort of figured I, that out. Mm -hmm. All, right. <laughs> All right, then. Well, certainly good luck uh, with uh, your company uh, and wish you more success. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, folks. Uh, that is it for us. Candace. Uh, uh, thanks, uh, Mustafa, as well as Teresa. Glad to have all three of you here. I look forward to having you back, folks. Uh, that is it for us. Uh, it has been uh, quite a busy day. For, uh, look, last 10 days for me, I was in Dallas, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, back here for a couple days, and then, of course, uh, in Miami this weekend for the uh, Formula One Grand Prix uh, happening in Miami. Uh, we invited there by Willie T. Ribs, the first brother uh, to ever race in the Indy 500. All right, folks, uh, look, first of all, Instagram. Y'all literally got about 30 seconds to hit 1,000 likes. I don't understand why it's taking y'all two hours uh, to do that. Uh, it makes no sense to me. So hit the doggone like button before I get off the air. Uh, we should be hitting 1,000 likes every single day. Uh, so y'all have 35 short, so hurry up. Folks, if y'all want to support us, download the Black Star Network app, uh, and Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV. Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. If you have not joined our Bring the Funk fan club, please do so. Your dollars make it possible for us to do what we do, for us to travel, for us to do all these different things. Uh, and so uh, you can see your check of money order to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 2003-7-0196. Our cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. YouTube folks, y'all now over 1,100. So, but do that earlier so I ain't got to ask y'all. Okay, all right, I got the bounce. I'ma see y'all tomorrow right here. Rolling Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network. Holla! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast 
is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.